Good morning and welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. It's the 26th of April, which is the anniversary of the uh, Soviet Union Chernobyl disaster. Among other things on that date. Welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Um, President Biden, in a pre-recorded speech gave uh, announced his um, intentions to run for election actually announced that he was running for the 2024 election he has to finish the job and he's taking on the mega mega republicans whatever that is And so that's where we are as far as the election goes. Um, I'm not sure what job he has to finish. I mean, I guess he needs to finish destroying this country. In reality, the policies that President Biden advances really have done nothing but break down our sovereignty with the open borders, our military bleeding our arsenal into Ukraine, as well as the weakness projected economically in that we have runaway inflation. He's proposed massive new spending, um, which will only make the inflation problem worse. He can't get anything right on his cabinet, but he does but the problem is he doesn't see anything wrong with his cabinet. He's hand he's uh, hamstrung our energy sector where when he took office In January of 2021, we were energy independent for about a month. Uh, I mean, a month into his presidency. We had achieved energy independence uh, some year and a half, two years prior. They, of course, blame the marketplace, you know, in capitalism uh, without saying that for the cost of energy. And I suppose you could say that it's an accurate statement in that it's because of capitalism and the fact that capitalism ultimately just is the economy. When you remove supply without removing demand, you're going to have higher costs. And that's what's happened. Not only did we remove our production of natural gas or slower our production of natural gas and oil, but the West and for how much longer it will be the West, and the West only, we've cut off oil from Putin. 
from Russia. In the name of solidarity, to try to cut the funding for Putin's war in Ukraine. Somebody should tell the president of Ukraine that, as he is buying oil, natural gas, from Putin. While we continue to suffer heavier prices, higher prices. We've talked about Tucker Carlson and the fact that he's out at Fox News. Only a couple blurbs about that on TV, on Fox that is, plenty on other networks. You know, Harris Faulkner announced it when it was made public on the morning of. And Brian Kilmeade on Fox News Tonight, which is temporarily filling the Tucker Carlson slot, announced it again. All the fun that Gutfeld has had with Don Lamont also being fired on the same day. It's very interesting that there's no mention of Tucker, but it's not surprising. Now, where will Tucker go, or can he go anywhere? Since he's still under contract with Fox, receiving a paycheck, I guess, he's not going to be able to go anywhere on his own. To the Daily Wire, perhaps, uh, Shapiro's group, to the Blaze, Glenn Beck's group, Or wherever, maybe work for uh, Elon at Twitter. Apparently, he's not able to do that, but I don't know that for sure. I've just from what I've read. I'd highlighted the incompetence of the administration in previous episodes. Uh, today, the acting FA administrator has announced that he's leaving. Now, if you remember, a month or so ago, we talked about the idiot. I'm sorry, he's not an idiot. Just unqualified for the job of FAA administrator that the Biden administration put forward. Yeah, he's not an idiot. Well, maybe he is. From what I understand, he's not been very competent in previous jobs working for various government entities on a lower level. But that doesn't stop a cabinet post nominee. Which, by the way, one of the most anti-business people that could hold the post, but because of intersectionality politics and theology... Not ideology, theology. I, I understand the Senate has confirmed as a Secretary of Labor. Unions everywhere are rejoicing, of course. 
people everywhere are suffering, of course. Same thing. So, but the FA administrator position, they'll appoint someone else to be an acting administrator. But here's an agency that is in desperate need of leadership and vision. An agency that's in charge of the skies over the United States as far as keeping airplanes apart and separated, managing flows of traffic into major uh, hubs and facilities while facing Another upheaval in technology, or the lack thereof, um, you know, I was able to participate when I was at the center here in Kansas City with uh, a couple different, well, several upgrades over a period of time, so two major systems upgrades where we room, moved one from one room to the next room to the other room uh, because of all new equipment. Wonderful new scopes that were uh, as flat panel screens instead of the old uh, radar scopes. I was there for that. Still using the punch card computer until we got away with that with the next gen. Some 12 or 15 years ago, but what has technology done since then? Because essentially the technology that they put in to those centers in the early 2000s was essentially early to mid-1990s technology. Which was great because it was replacing 1960s technology. But essentially obsolete when it was being installed. You have a shortage of controllers, a perennial, a continual shortage of controllers. Controllers are making it to their 25 years or until they turn 50, and then they're bailing. Not all of them, of course. But many of them. And because it takes uh, one to three years, depending on the facility, to train an air traffic controller, you can't just... Snap your fingers tomorrow and say, oh, look, we have a full controller workforce. I, when I was hired in 1988, the FAA was still in a full press hiring after the PATCO strike in 1981. And hired for, I think, another three, another four years, maybe, you know, where they were hiring, 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 hiring. And then there was a freeze. And then panic again. And the problem is, is of course, you know, is one is how we're managing our budget. We're going to talk about budget here in a little bit. But no long-term vision. I mean, there is some long-term vision, but... Because of the way Congress, bipartisan, so, you know, it doesn't matter which party is in charge. 
the fact that Congress hasn't really passed a budget, a regular order budget in 13 years, has made it very difficult for projects to get going and stay going. Not just the FAA, but across the board in the federal government, which filters down to the state and local governments. Highways, airports, all sorts of transit. No nominee to replace the one that uh, withdrew for FA administrator. Got to find somebody that'll check the boxes. I mentioned the budget. You know, the uh, there's a, a debt ceiling fight starting to spool up. Uh, Speaker McCarthy has, I think, very conservatively, and I don't mean conservative politically, but trying pragmatically trying to get something passed, has proposed in exchange for a debt level, debt limit increase, has proposed going to spending back to 2022. Now, again, I think that I I mentioned the other day um, that spending at 2022 levels was still, still too high. Um, I still stand by that. But here's the thing. When they passed their crappy omnibus bill in 2022 to spend for the rest of the year, which of course is the first full one for President Biden, This bill spending was extolled, uh, was was hailed by many. Here's the president on the 2022 appropriations bill. It sends a clear message to the American people that we're investing in safety, health, and the future of Americans. He also said it would make, and I'm quoting, would make education and housing more affordable for American families, support law enforcement, provide veterans world-class health care, prioritize mental health and substance use treatment, confront the climate crisis, and advance American leadership abroad. The joint statement from Senate Majority Leader Chucky Schumer and Speaker Pelosi regarding that bill, we are pleased to announce that we have reached a and his historic bipartisan omnibus appropriations agreement for the American people for the remainder of 2022. This bipartisan agreement will help us address many of the major challenges that we face at home and abroad from COVID-19 to the vicious and immoral attack on Ukraine to the need to lower costs for hardworking American families. 
Now, contrast that with what they're saying today. That we're cutting off spending for border security, that we're defunding the police, that we are, we're going to uh, make it impossible for Ukraine to win, which it is impossible for Ukraine to win, but that's not, it's not because of, of the budget. The people will die. All of this is because of Speaker McCarthy has simply said, let's go back to 2022. And in this politically, actually it was very smart because you have every one of these people on record hailing what a wonderful budget that was. But now it's not. So what changed? Now, I know inflation has has taken a toll. And what they really don't like in it is his Kevin uh, McCarthy's proposal that will increase spending by 1% a year. Which what that means is because you can either do it across the board, which will not keep up with inflation, which is part of why they're, you know, I mean, you can make a case that that going back to 2022 levels because of inflation and in reality are budget cuts and thank heavens for that, but it's not enough. But, but at least you're going back to a time where they all praised. What it means is you're going to have to say, okay, what's important? Is studies regarding cow farts important? Are they important? What about studies about the dating habits of some people that you've never heard of? Is that important? Or is funding or servicing the debt, funding the military, but not funding overseas adventures like Ukraine? And by the way, over the weekend, the president, under powers of the War Powers Act, has is sending troops to Africa. Did you know that? We'll be lucky if we don't have another Mogadishu event. Which, as I recall, also happened under a Democrat president. But in all fairness, it was a setup by H.W. Bush. It's just the uh, Clinton didn't know how to deal with it and his people. Let 
let uh, um, colleges, universities dip into their endowments to fund ridiculous studies. How about that? And you know what would really be great is fixing the tax code. It won't happen, of course. It'll never happen until it's too late. Americans spend tens of billions of dollars a year filing taxes, tax planning, tax avoidance, if you will, if you're super wealthy or minimizing your your uh, tax burden. Which, nothing wrong with that. I'm all for it. You know, it's in the tax code. You know, the Bidens, you know, they only paid like 23% income tax. Now, they certainly could have paid more. You know, they think that they need to pay their, pay their fair share. But if you were to ask them if they paid their fair share, they would say they paid what the law allows. which I would argue is distinct from paying your fair share. Does that mean we have to pull back in some budgetary items? Absolutely. Do you do that in your household? Talked about that a little bit last time. So when Democrats go out there and talk about Leader McCarthy, his position, this mega, mega position, just remember that not even two years ago, I mean, not even a year ago, they were praising a budget like what Speaker McCarthy is proposing. They were singing the miracles that it would, that it would provide. Senator Manchin from Virginia, uh, West Virginia must really be feeling the heat at home because he's really launching into the Democrats and the way they are enacting the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Why was he surprised? If Senator Manchin is in trouble, Democrats are in big trouble. Had a discussion with my wife last night about Trump being a nominee and Trump losing to Biden. I'll caveat that with the fact that Hunter Biden now has been ordered to appear in an Arkansas court and essentially admit that the laptop that has various business dealings, which he's trying to keep secret, is his. I want to contrast. You know, you can say whatever you want about Trump as a, as a dirtbag as far as, as a person goes. 
But, you know, his kids turned out pretty decently. Yeah, I know, you get it. I get it. Silver Spoon and all that. But Joe Biden, after DNA, DNA test has proved that a stripper in Arkansas gave birth to Joe Biden's grandson, they refused to acknowledge this child. Hunter Biden, who's bathed in millions of dollars, has decided that he wants to have the child support that he's paying reduced. And because of that, there could be trouble for the Bidens. And so that's the only caveat that I would say that if Biden lives to the 2024 election, that normally, under normal circumstances, where the media is hiding everything that goes on with the Bidens, Biden easily beats Trump. I'm not even talking about the shenanigans in various states regarding the polls and ballots, etc. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about in a fair, across-the-board election I honestly don't think that Trump can win. And the problem is, I don't think that anybody can beat Trump in the Republican primary unless something happens between now and then. And so, what are the Republicans going to do? You know, I mean, my guy, Vivek, uh, Vivek, I'm sorry, I, I found out last night watching Gutfeld that it's pronounced Vivek, Ramaswamy. The guy is amazing. His ideas are not new, of course. They're as old as the Constitution and really as old as... Um, Government by the people and for the people. But yet, you know, he's saying things that that are... Should be common sense, but they're not today. Doesn't have a chance with Trump in the primary. Then you have DeSantis that Trump is desperately trying to take out by campaigning as a Democrat, or rather by running uh, ready-made ads for Democrats. Did they not learn anything from when uh, 
Al Gore in 1988 ran the uh, ads against Dukakis. It was a Willie Horton. I don't remember the name. Uh, murder was let out on furlough and went down to Maryland from Massachusetts and went and killed a couple people. Al Gore, the Democrat in the Democratic primary, 1988, ran those ads against Dukakis, and guess what? They were ready-made for Bush to run against Dukakis in the general election. It'll be no different with this if DeSantis was to win, which, again, barring something with Trump, DeSantis won't win, and DeSantis would be foolish to try to run. The problem is, I think that now really is the time to do something. As for me, I'm out of time. This is Snake River Lib. My life matters. Does yours? Good day.